offer for you? <laughs> How do I know? The Bible tells me so. Glory to God. Let's pray over the rest of the service. We want, we want God's will for the service, don't we? We want a word from God. We want something that helps us, that helps people, not something that drags us down or keeps us back. Uh, that's the ideas of men. We want, we want the goodness of God. Let's, let, let's agree together. Father God, we thank you for every good thing that you've, that you've done in, th- in the services and through the services. Lord, we thank you for the word that's come forth in the past. And Lord, we pray over tonight's service, Lord, that, that it would be your word that comes forth, that, that your ideas, that your desires come out, that we begin to see the heart of God and, and not the heart of a man or the desires of a man, but the very heart of the Most High Father. And Lord, we ask that you help us to be attentive to your word, to show respect and honor your word. Help us to be good receivers. We purpose by faith to hear and receive and, and keep it in our heart and use it to better our lives and the lives of those that we come in contact with. And we give you glory for every good thing that will happen tonight and through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Glory to God. You can be seated. Whew. You know, I started studying Wednesday or Tuesday on this for just in case because, you know, you don't know. You know, one thing Brother Moore told me, he said, study time is never wasted time. So, you know, we just stay ready. And, and this really wasn't what I thought I would teach on tonight. And then later this afternoon, God said, you need to go to that. And so I went back to that and been, been looking at that. And, and even while I've been walking up here and doing offering, this has still been going through my mind. Because uh, this is a big deal. The God's Word's a big deal. How we handle the things of God, how we treat the things of God, um, they're huge. And, and, and I think sometimes the realization of how big they are um, doesn't come to us until we have an issue in our life. And then we need it to be as big as it is. Um, and, and the word is big, whether you think it is or not, whether you believe you need it right now or not. And, and it's always available. You know, God sent Jesus and he made love and he made hope and he made faith and he made his goodness available to us all the time. It's available by choice. All we have to do is choose to believe in Him and believe in His goodness and walk in that goodness. And, and in choosing to do these things, we better our lives, the lives of our family, and the lives of those who come in contact with us. And sometimes when, when we don't allow the Word to do all those things in our lives, then we're not just shorting ourselves. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go back over here. It's getting a little quiet over there. We're only shorting ourselves because what, so many times what we're doing is we're allowing ourselves to sit back and only do as much as we want to do, only get as involved as we want to, do, as we want to get involved. How many have been enjoying the Friday nights? Um, you know why Brother Moore is talking about how it, it takes us a while to get used to just praising and, and giving thanksgiving for, for a more amount of time than we normally do because your flesh doesn't like it right 
And, and sometimes when your flesh doesn't want to do it, uh, it's not even a good offering. It's not even an acceptable offering. You, if you're standing there and you're thinking, man, are we gonna, I wonder how long we're going to stand up tonight. <sighs> thank you, thank you, Jesus. Whew. It's only been five minutes. And I know Brother Moore, he'll just praise God until I can't stand it anymore. <laughs> and you know, that's unacceptable. And what it is, is it's a stopping point in your life. And that's why it's so important, the things that we're being taught, it is so important for us to grab a hold of them and realize that God's trying to get something to you and that we need to give all our heart to it to receive it. Did you know that you can't receive with a half a heart? But God gives everything with His whole heart and to receive it, you will have to receive it with your whole heart. Amen? If it's just okay if you get it, you'll probably never have it. Right? You know, somebody asked me the other day, she, they said, where, where, would you, where would you guys like to go on vacation if we could take you, if you could send you on vacation? I said, you know, I'm pretty boring. I don't really have a really, I don't have a really big idea. And so I'll probably never have a really great vacation because I'm never, you know what, I'm pretty half-hearted about it. Right? I think my idea of a vacation would be somewhere really quiet where the phones don't ring. Right? But, but the truth of the matter is, you have to care about something. You have to put your heart into something for it to have value. Amen? And at that point where you lose care, you lose, um, you lose interest. And there's lots of reasons people do. As Christians, there's lots of reasons that we lose interest. There's also lots of reasons that we just don't want to go any further. You know, maybe God asked you too much. (laughs) Did you know that God is asking every one of us too much? You can't do anything He asks you in your own power. Just think about the biggest thing He asks us to do, love one another. (laughs) <laughs> right? That's an impossibility without the love of God. With the love of God, it is so possible, but even with the love of God, we have to choose love. We have to choose to overlook people's mistakes. Guess, you know, I'm going to talk to you a little bit as a brother, as a son, as a father, and, and maybe some as a minister, but you know, in all these things, we fail. We, we fail when, when we don't give all our heart to what we're doing. Amen? If I walk in the house at supper time and I say, what are we having for dinner? She says, leftovers. And I say, leftovers? I don't like leftovers. You know I don't like leftovers. But what if she turned around and said, well, that's what you give me every night. Leftovers. You come home and I get whatever's left of you through the, from the day. Sometimes we're giving God leftovers. We're giving God's people leftovers. And in doing so, if, if, if you're giving God leftovers, you know, that's all I got to God. You know, I went to work today and I felt so good. And then that guy called and I don't know that he was calling me a name, but it sure seemed like it. So I went ahead and got offended anyway. 
I don't know what he meant, but you know what? It offended me because I don't know what he meant. So I'm just going to go ahead and I got offended with him. And so then the next person that called that really needed some help, I didn't have any help for him because I was still thinking about the guy I couldn't forgive. Right? Because guess what? Walking in in love is not a daily choice. It's a secondly choice. Right? Right? Because... You know what? Everybody's not going to say the right thing. Everybody's not going to do the right thing. Everybody, everybody doesn't wake up spiritual. Amen. Right? Yeah. Did you know sometimes spiritual doesn't happen for me till I get out of the shower? <laughs> right? Now, don't get me wrong. You call me at 3 o'clock in the morning and, you got a, and somebody's got a problem, I'm probably going to get spiritual real quick. Why? Because I'm going to get the love of God in me and I'm going to try and do something. But the truth of the matter is, is you know what, I got flesh and it don't like getting out of bed. Right? I, I sleep until the last minute that I can possibly sleep. I mean, if I have to run out of the door with a half a piece of toast to get where I'm going, that's how long I did. Why? Because I got flesh. All right? I know none of y'all are like that. You know, I'll tell on myself tonight some. How about that? That way it doesn't involve you. It just involves me. Right? Yes, sir. You know, we, we have to present a good offering to the Lord. Amen. We have to present a good offering in everything we do. We're not talking about money. Our life is an offering to the Lord. If you've given your life to Jesus, what did you give Him? How much of you did you give Him? How much of you didn't you give Him? Right? You know, and, and, you know, sometimes we have a limit. And, and, and the thing about it is, is God doesn't show you everything He wants you to do and everything you're going to accomplish. Right. So if you, if you stop at one point, if there's a hanging point in your life, then you'll never get to some of those things that you were going to do. But good, good news, you'll never know it. <laughs> Bad news, huh? God's a good God. He's got a good plan. He's got a good way. But we have to follow in His footsteps. He gives wholeheartedly. He's never given a half-hearted gift in His life. Can you, work, can you look through the Bible and think of one thing God did half-heartedly? And so He's telling us, you don't give half-heartedly. You give, you offer, you do with all your heart. In, in your Christian walk, in your walk with others, in your house... <laughs> in your house open your Bibles to Psalm 37 I'm going to start talking and we're going to forget to open the Bibles we want the word of God not the word of Dave right in your house yeah. how important is it for you to be the man of God in your house to be the woman of God in your house to be a godly son a godly daughter how important is it for you to do your part not for you to see that others do their part <laughs> right it's so much easier to see others not doing their part than to see yourself not doing yours. Right? Right? Somebody asked me the other day, so why does it seem like they're always missing it? Because you're always watching them miss it. You never watch yourself miss it. You always watch somebody else miss it. Right? I mean, think about how we read the Bible. We read about the Israelite children, and, and we see how rebellious they were, and we sit there and say, how could they do that like we've never? Right? 
you guys probably don't do that. But I mean, I even caught myself saying that one time. And I said, God, how could they keep doing that? And he said, the same way you do. And I thought, oh, yeah. Ah. <laughs> Psalm 37, verse 23. It says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he can't do anything about it. You know, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Every person who desires to follow God can, and there is a plan for every step of his life. And he also can't if he doesn't want to, or won't, I guess. Is that a better way to put it? In, in other words, that, that verse is true, but it's not just going to happen. That doesn't just happen. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and there will always be those steps, but will you take them? Those steps will always be there, but will you take them? People say, hey, I'll walk, I'll follow. You know, if you're following like that, you're really not following. You understand? These are for people that do wholehearted. A good man is a wholehearted man. A good man is a person that's putting everything he is into that walk. Amen? In other words, he's offering as much as God offered to him. God said, I'll order your steps. He said, I'll order them such a way, and you go to the next verse, he says, I'll order them in such a way that if you fall down, you won't be cast out. He said, I'll grab you with my hand if you're in my way. If you're walking the way I do things, doing it the way I ask, I'll make sure you get to where you're going. Glory to God. But that requires us to put as much of us into it as He put into it. Amen? He took the time to make a plan to to fill out the steps for every good man. And that includes women. We're talking about male men and female men. Right? Let's not get politically correct on you. He took the time to make a plan that we can walk in. And it's a good plan. But the number one thing is, is you have to believe it's good. I have to believe it's a good plan. Now, the devil is not going to just be okay with that. So first thing he's going to say, you don't even know what that plan is. Look at this plan. Woo. Better plan, better plan, better plan. You know, yeah, big trouble. Um. I'll tell on myself some more. You know, there I was in the floor covering business uh, for years. And uh, when I came to the church here to begin helping, I was still in the floor covering business. And uh, God said, come here and help. And so I said, okay. And I told the Moors I would come help. And they said, so uh, when, w- when will you leave the floor covering business and help us? And I said, oh, I'm going to do that. You know, we're going to phase out. <laughs> phase out. Why did I want to phase out? Because, you know, I wasn't sure I could trust God to take me out of that floor covering business and just put me in the ministry, right? You can't just always trust God, can you? I know, I know all y'all haven't done that. But y'all just can't, you can't just immediately say, you know what, I'm just going to quit doing that. And, and just come over here. And, and you know, it wasn't real popular with the people that I was doing, so 
you know, so I intermingled them for a long time. And, and you know what you get when you do that? Two half-hearted efforts. Everybody gets half of you. So then I was supposed to be all the way out, but I was still trying to help where I could. And, and you know, the thing about it is, is you can't do that because you're presenting a blind, a blind sheep or a spotted goat, whatever it is. You know, you're not giving your best offering. Yeah. Amen? Yes, and, and, you know, that people, people don't think about that. When they see the word offering, they always start thinking about money. Everything we do unto the Lord, we're offering ourselves yeah. to what He offered to us. Right. Amen? Right. Everything we do for Him. And, 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 and when we do it, he, he wants us to do it with everything that we are. Yeah. And he's, He gives you the ability to do it. You know, people say, no, I just can't do that. And, and you know, that can't be true because if God asked you to do it, right. He not only equipped you, He enabled you. Yeah. He graced you to do it. Yes, sir. How many husbands I got in here? Did you know you're graced to be a husband? Sure. Right? You are. Yeah. Now, you could still do it wrong. Right. <laughs> How many wives I got in here? <laughs> you know you're graced to be a wife? You can still do it wrong. Amen? Because you still have to choose to walk in the grace that was given you. Amen? Now, a lot of people would say, well, yeah, and if they do it wrong, I'm calling them. Well, you just did it wrong. Right? When we call somebody, well, husband, wife, uh, co-worker, immediately when you begin to call people out and judge them, be guaranteed you're doing it wrong. Because the first thing you should have done is judge yourself. Say, now Lord, am am I doing the most I can do? Am I getting my part right? Lord, help me be the best that I can be. Let me offer my best. Let me offer my best at work. Let me offer my best when I go into the church to worship, to, to praise you. Let me offer my best. Let me offer my best as a husband. Hmm? You know, I have apologized to my daughter and my wife several times if there's something going on in my house that I don't think's right. Because it doesn't matter if it was them involved in it because I'm the head of the house. Right. Right. Yes, sir. So for me to automatically say, well, you guys are messed up. You should have done this and you should have done that. What could I have done to give them a successful path to make that happen? See, that's what we forget to think about. What could I do to make that path successful? The, the steps of a good man are ordered by God. He did everything he could and did to make your path successful. There's guaranteed success at the end of his plan. Is that what you do for everyone around you? Do you make it so that there's no way they can fail? We have the ability to through love. Right? Because if they don't do it right, we cannot hold their wrongs against them. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah, we cannot count it against them. You know what? If they do it a little slower than we like or they're not quite doing it the way, we can be patient with them. Right? If they start frustrating us, we have kindness. 
Right? The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. It's a responsibility, not just a good thing. It's a responsibility. We can now operate in that love. We can operate on a level that no one else in the earth can operate. We have the ability to forgive the unforgivable. Right? But you do know that forgiveness is not a case-by-case basis. What if Jesus would have been that way? Well, Lord, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die for all their sins and be raised again. But there's a few of these things that we're going to have to leave out because I just don't feel good about them. I, I just don't know that I can go to the cross and forgive that. See, we have levels. And when we have levels, we're not offering our best because God knows what's in us. He put that love in us. When we say, I can't, He immediately looks at us and says, you're not true. That is not true. I put everything in you and gave you the ability to walk in love through this. And not only can you come overcome it, you will if you choose to do so. If you choose not to, you'll always offer less than I gave you. Amen? And we don't want to offer less than He gave us. And so when we come across these situations and we know we're walking in the steps of the Lord, let's not veer off. Because within those steps, there's going to be opportunities to use that love. There's going to be opportunities to use that joy. Amen? You know, people always like that verse in Hebrews that says, the just shall live by faith. We love that verse. But, but the realization is you go up like three or four verses, and he's talking about somebody who joyfully took the spoiling of their goods. Right? Yeah. Yeah, he's talking about that person's in faith. That person's still loving me. That person's not shrinking back. You see, somebody comes and, uh, and, and, does, and, jo- and takes our goods, joyfully doesn't happen so many times. Right? We kind of toss joyfully over Lord, no, that's just not right. That's just not right, Lord. That's just not right. And he said, joyfully took it. They joyfully took the spoiling of their goods. And then they came to the verse that says, the just will live by faith. Right? So, you know, you got to watch what you decide you want to give to God. Right? That's me, God. I'm the just. Are you? Well, then you'll joyfully take the spoiling of your goods. <laughs> Whoa. Lord, you didn't tell me I was going to have to do that. Yeah, he did. He told you, I want everything. He said, if you're going to follow me, didn't he say this? If you're going to follow me, you're going to take up your cross daily. Right? Not, not, not every other day. Right? Actually, we take up our cross minutely. Oh, too heavy. I'm sorry, God. You know, I was doing pretty good till that person said that. I'm going to lay this down for a little while and be a little fleshy here. And I want to go yell at the waiter because they didn't do this right and they didn't put my clothes in the right place. And you know, There's not a place for that in, in God's world. Amen? There's not. There's no place for getting your way. 
Yeah, but it wasn't right. <laughs> Find me a scripture that says everything to them it's not right. You can yell. There's, there's no scripture for that. We offer our best all the time. We offer our best when we get frustrated. That's the best time ever to bring out your best. Amen? It's easy to bring out your best when nothing's going on. Because it's really not your best. Because why? It takes no effort. Your best never comes out without effort. Amen? It's like what was the Brother Moore said. How are you going to be an overcomer if you never overcome anything? Right? It'd be like me saying, man, I just walked right over that loop. Poo! I'm pretty good. This my day's up. My day's through. I walked over two or three loops just a second ago. I'm a high stepper. You ain't done nothing. You ain't done nothing until you overcome something. Amen? And, and he didn't tell you you wouldn't have things to overcome. He said, I'll make sure you overcome. In the first verses we read, he said, not only... If you walk in my plan, you might fall down. But if you do, guess where my hand's going to be? Right there. I'm going to hold you up. And I'm going to walk all the way with you. I'm going to take you and make sure you get to the end of that plan. Because I made it. And if I made it, I'll provide for you to get there. But, but in doing that, we have to yield ourselves fully to Him. There can't be a day where you say, you know what, this is pointless. Yeah, it'd be like we'd be like the guys in Malachi. And they said it's vain, it's vain to serve God. Right? And people do that. They get mad at God. And they say, you know, it's vain. There's no reason for me to serve God. Everybody people that aren't serving God have more than I do. What were they looking for? I mean, it's the wrong statement in, in, in itself, right? Were you serving God for what you could get? Or were you serving God because you loved him? So the heart was wrong to start with. So how could you ever get anything from him? Because you never offered him anything to his offer. Right? The only thing you offered him was blind, blind lambs and spotted goats. Right? Why? Because they didn't mean anything to you. They didn't mean and they didn't take any effort. And you didn't, you didn't trust God anyway. Because it's vain to serve God. And, and, and that's why you got to believe that he's a good God. You're not going to follow his plan if you don't believe he's good. And so the devil every day is going to talk you out of that. He's going to try and talk you out of that plan. He's going to try and get you to the point where you say, I can't do it or I won't do it. Right? You ever tried to feed a little kid something they don't want to eat? Man, their mouth gets up. I remember Ramsey, man, we tried to give her something she didn't like. Man, her mouth was so tight you couldn't stick a spoon in it. Right? And, and, it, and she would say, no, no. Don't you want something? No. And, and you know, if somebody says no that way in the first place, there's something else wrong. Right? <laughs> if God asks you to do something, you say, no. Then you know there's something else wrong. There's a heart problem somewhere else. Amen? It's not just that you don't like the food. You don't like the person serving the food. You don't like the you don't like where the food came from. You don't like the label on the jar. You don't like nothing about it. You you woke up with don't like. Amen. 
God's a good God, and He's trying to get to us good things, and He's offering all that He is in abundance. But we must offer back all that we are to get all that He has. Amen? And in doing so, you're giving yourself to Him in trust that He's a good God. If you don't believe He's good, you'll never give everything to Him because you'll say, I don't want to do that. I can't do that. That's, I'm sorry. That's too much. You ever heard anybody say that? It's too much. I remember when uh, we started this church and we've had uh, Celebration Sunday on Resurrection Sunday. And, you know, my first thought was, I don't like that. Being honest with you guys. Why? Because, well, that's family day. That's family day. Well, who ever thought of that? It's Resurrection Sunday. It's not family day. It's celebration day. But what? In our tradition, we've begun to offer all that we want. We'll go to church and, and listen to the Easter story. Right? We want to hear the Easter story. And you'll probably go home and watch a story about the Easter bunny after that. Why? Because you're not giving any effort to this. It didn't mean enough to you. It's a celebration of God giving you His all, but yet I wasn't okay with it. My mom, great lady, (laughs) man, a faith hero of mine, she couldn't stand it. Dave's not coming to Easter Sunday dinner. It's a big deal in my house. God's going to ask you to do things that your flesh does not want to do. He's going to ask you to serve Him on a level that you've never served. Amen? And, and, and if you're unwilling to give, then you'll never receive everything He wanted you to have because He wasn't just saying, sir. He was saying, here, let me give you all. Serve me. I'm going to give you all of me. Serve me. And you're saying, well, I'm going to give you this much of me and I'll serve you when I can. Hmm? Right? I'll be a dad when I have time. <laughs> Whoa, wow. <laughs> hey, dads. Being a dad's a full-time job. Hmm? It's a full-time job. It's not the wife's job to take care of the kids all day and you come home and they take care of them all night and you don't have anything to do with them unless you just got to. Or unless they have a ball game, now you could go see that. Right? Parenting is proactive. Yes, it is. Right? Yes, sir. Did you know that God gives the answers on how to parent? Right. And, he, and He graces people to parent. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, He'll enable you to do things and be things. I, I know that I, with, with my daughter, I told her, I said, you're, you know, you're just going to have to trust me. I've never been a dad. So you're the only shot I get at this. There's only one of you. <laughs> so if I mess up, Sorry. But you have to put up with it. Right? But you know what I did do is I offered her everything that I was. And I tried never to give her seconds. I gave her everything that I could. And in doing so, sometimes that required me to do ministry over going to the school function. I had people tell me, oh, you're missing out. You, that can't be right. God would never do that. See, there's a big lie of the devil right there. Anything you don't like, God would never do. 
Sure. But now, now that's really convenient. I don't like it, so there's no way God would ever ask me to do it. Wow. Now that's going to make this a lot easier because there's a lot of things I don't like. This is this whole this whole Christianity thing's going to become easy. I don't really like getting up on Sunday morning. Right? Let's just not. Right? It's it's a weak offering. And and in us is this great ability that's God given to do everything that He wants us to do and and to have everything that He wants us to have. And and to get those things, we have to give all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength to Him and put Him first. And in doing so, you put every other person in your life first. People said, no, they're second. No, they're first. Because you put God first, you now enjoy the benefit of them being first. Because you put them first by putting God first. I put my wife and my daughter first when I chose to put God first. When Brother Moore called me in the office and said, you're not giving us everything. What was I supposed to say? Oh, yeah, I am. I mean, I had 50 spotted lambs behind me and... And six blind mules and everything. And this was my offering. Well, I brought them. Here's my offering. Isn't it good enough? Right? I know I have to drag them because they don't know where they're going. They're all blind. I kept all the firstlings because I had to do other things, right? But I did show up. Showing up ain't, about, ain't what it's about. Participating. With all our heart. That, that's the plan of God. And a good man's steps are ordered by God. You want to get in those steps? Because you're going to get to do some things that you don't want to do. But when you do them, you'll find out how much you wanted to. Glory to God. You, your flesh don't like it, and then you say, I'm doing it. You say, flesh, you can shut up. I'm doing it. Right? If for no other reason, the Lord asked me to. My goodness. The Lord asks you to. Can you do it, you think? I mean, this is the Lord. He, he's, he's, you know, that's what we forget when we read the Bible. We, we, said, we said, I read the Bible today. No, did you listen to the Lord? Think about this. Look at Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. I've got it in here somewhere. 4 and 32, I think. No, 30, 31. Now think about this. Is this Paul writing or is this God talking? And this is what you have to decide. If you're going to offer your best back to it, then you've got to decide, is this Paul talking or is this God, or Paul writing or is this God talking? Right? Everybody's got to make this decision. Because in your mind you're reading and you know Paul wrote it. And you got flesh, right? Anybody in here got flesh? So it's real easy to forget that this is spiritual and this is God-breathed. And so now, this is the Lord standing before you. And He's saying, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. This is the Lord. He's saying, saying, I want you to put this stuff as far away from you as you can. And if you trust Him and you know how much you love Him, you're really listening. Why? Because it's the Lord. This is the Lord. And he came down and he took some time and he said, I've got to tell you some things. 
I want to tell you some things. I want you to get rid of all bitterness, all wrath, all anger. And you're saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wow, do you remember what they did to me, Lord? I got to keep a little, right? I mean, just to cover myself. I mean, don't they need to know I'm mad so they'll change? (laughs) Did you know people can change without you being mad at them? Being mad is a manipulation to change where love will actually fix them. Hmm. Wow, what if we just went ahead and walked in love? And then we fix it rather than manipulate it so it comes back later. Because if you manipulate something to move this way, it's very likely to move back this way. Right? Yeah, it's very likely to move again. And the Lord, He's saying, put evil speaking away from you. He said, put them all away in malice. He said, don't hold on to all these things. Get rid of them. They're not good for you. And I mean, this isn't Paul and it's not Dave. It's not Brother Moore, it's not Mrs. Moore, it's not Jody, it's not Kevin, it's not Rob, it's, not, it's, not, it's, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. And when we come here and, and we offer ourselves to listen, you're, when you listen, you're offering yourself. And you offer yourself to listen. Listen as though the Lord's getting ready to tell you something. The Lord's going to tell you this. And He says, put away all this. And then, and then the next verse He says, He says, and be kind. And what's he saying? You have to put all that away because I got this for you. The ability to be kind. And you say, that's it, Lord, forget it. This can't be good because I don't like being kind. I've tried being kind before and I'm not even good at it. And God's saying, that's because you didn't put all this away. If you want to be kind, offer me everything. Get rid of this. Why? Because that's not everything. You get rid of that and offer me you. And I'll take you and I'll put my ability to be kind in you. Amen? And he says, I want you to be kind to one another. He says, I'll give you the ability to be kind and I'll give you the love to be kind with. It's the same word. Kind, uh, love is patient and kind. And he says to be kind. Why? Because he gave you the love to be kind with. God never asks us to do something that he didn't give you the ability to do before he asked you. So when you say, I can't do it, automatically you're wrong. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it'd be easier just to say, you know, I was wrong, Lord. You're right. I can do that. You might as well say, I didn't want to. Yeah. Don't, don't say you can't. Say, I don't want to. Right? And then you're in another spot of trouble. At least you got rid of the lie. Now you got unwillingness. So you gotta, you're going to deal with this a step at a time. All right, let's get rid of the lie and let's move on to unwillingness. And, and, and whatever we're unwilling to give to him, he, that, you, you stop now. You're done. You're, you are at this point until you're willing to go further. Amen? When you become unwilling to, to do what God says or, or to walk in his ways, then you have to, you're, it's not like you're going to quit walking. So you're walking somewhere else. People say, yeah, you'll be in big trouble for that. God doesn't punish people. People punish themselves. Right? You know, people think, I wonder why God did that to them. Uh, They probably did something wrong. No. God doesn't have to punish you for doing things wrong because the wrong you did will punish you. Right? You, You can't walk without God and expect things to go good all the time. It's not going to happen. 
If you walk with God and you have things to overcome, do you reckon you quit walking with Him, the things to overcome will go away? No. You're always going to have something to overcome. So what you have to do is, again, this is the Lord talking. He says, get rid of that. Be kind. Be kind. Love each other be kind to one another. Be tender-hearted. In other words, don't be easy to get mad. Be easy to be touched. When somebody tells you something, say, "Ah, oh, I feel so sorry for you." No, <laughs> no, you don't say, "I feel so sorry for you." A tender-hearted person is somebody that can hear a situation, listen in love, and get an answer from the Lord to help them. Why? Because you were tender-hearted enough to care about them, and you cared the way God cared, so an answer came between you guys. Amen? Tender-heartedness is a good thing. And then he says, I want you to forgive one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. In other words, I want you to forgive... You know, people like... It says, it says if you forgive somebody, or be, you'll be forgiven as you forgive. And people say, so i got to forgive. And what he's really saying is the same level. If you choose not to forgive everybody, <laughs> then I can't forgive you. Why? Because I forgave everybody. The person you're not forgiving, I forgave. Right? So you're saying, I can't forgive him. He said, well, I did. He said, I said, but Lord, you don't know what they did to me. He said, I forgave him for doing it to you. Did you know that? That the person that hurt you, God forgave them for hurting you? <laughs> kind of brings it to a new light, right? If he already forgave him, what are you holding back on? Right? God forgives. And he said, and, you, and the minute you say, I, oh man, I can't do it, Lord. Let, let me hold on to it for a little while. He says, well, sit there. Because I can't do anything. Right? I can't get past that. So you gotta get you got to get past everything. Why? Because this is the Lord asking you. And you know, I have to believe in my heart that a Christian, born again, that loves the Lord even this much, if the Lord came and asked them something, and they truly believed it was the Lord, they'd say yes. Amen? If you truly believed it was the Lord, would it matter what He asked you to do? Because it's the Lord. And He says, I want you to be kind and forgiving and tender-hearted. Is there more to that verse? Yeah, there's lots more to that verse. And I want you to forgive the way I forgive the way I forgave for through Jesus. And then in verse the next verse. Be therefore followers of God. And then you say, Wow, I can be a follower of God. Did you do the other two verses? Because <laughs> you can't. Because this wasn't written in chapter and verse, it's a big long letter. And it's God standing there talking to you. He said, I want you to do away with all these things. He said, If you'll do away with that, he said, You don't need that. You don't need that. I've put something better in you. I've given you an ability way beyond that. Get rid of all those things. You don't want to get your way because you're mad. You don't want to, you don't want to do things that, that upset other people. You want to walk in love. You want to follow me. And what's he saying? I want you to offer me everything I've offered you. Come on. Because what he said, I've offered you everything. Right? Unto us a son was born. Unto us a child was given. He offered us everything. Amen? Amen. 
think about think about Abraham. Abraham amazes me. And, and he should amaze us all. He's the father of our faith, right? Um, look at Genesis 22. I got no order to these notes at all. And you know why? Because I didn't know how I was doing this. <clears throat> but, but the Lord's helping us. Because, because we don't want to hold back anything from him because that's how you get everything from him. And we want everything, but the things we have to start with are not the things we're asking for. They're the things He's giving to you. He's saying, I'll give you the love to handle the things that you'll get through the love. But you've got to have the love first. You've got to get rid of the malice and the anger and all this junk first because you've got to get rid of it, hook on to this, and follow me. Amen? And you've got to trust that I'll do right by you. I'm a good God. You know, you can quote that all you want. You can sing God is a good God all day long, but you got to believe He's good or you have a stopping point. Can He always do better than where you're at today? And I don't care how good or bad that is, you have to believe, will He and can He? Amen? Genesis 22. Um... Verse something. Verse 2. <clears throat> verse 2 says, and, and he said, this is God talking to Abraham. Now, now remember this. God talked to Abraham. you got to believe God talked to Abraham. Just like you got to believe he was just talking to you in, in uh, Ephesians 4. Because without believing God talked to Abraham, this means nothing to you. God talked to Abraham. And he said, now... Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Yeah. You know, he, he was sure God was telling him the whole story. God doesn't hold anything back. He says, I'm God. He, he told Abraham. I mean, Abraham's been following him for years. Abraham knew God. This, it's important. Abraham knew God. Right. He knew God would take care of Abraham. Right. Amen? Yep. He knew God loved Abraham. Isaac as much as Abraham loved Isaac. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I'll tell you of. i got to be honest with you. I'm a parent. And when I read this, I'm like, No. Seriously. I mean, this is, where you, this is where you start reasoning away the Word of God. That can't be God. God gave me Isaac. Isaac's the seed of many nations. This can't happen. There's no way I'm taking him. That's not God. No way. Get behind me, Satan. Right? We do it on way lesser things. Right? <laughs> yeah, way lesser things. I need you to go to Walmart tonight. Six o'clock. Walmart? That can't be God. He knows I hate Walmart. No, I don't hate Walmart. Don't put that on there. He knows I don't want to go to Walmart tonight. X that out. I'm, it's Monday night. What's he thinking? Go to Walmart at six o'clock. That gives me an hour and a half. Football game's coming on. Can't go to Walmart on Monday night. 
That can't be God. Anything we don't like to do enough, we'll reason away out. And it doesn't matter what it is. If it's a relationship, you'll say, oh, no. No, no. That relationship's going nowhere. It was, it was a detriment to my life anyway. No way does God want me involved in that. No way does He want me to have that job. There's no Christians working there. God would put a Christian in the middle of unsaved people? What is He thinking? What's the? I guess what we're thinking is we'll become unsaved. They, they, there's no way they could become like us. We'll just become unsaved if we get in a place where we're full of unsaved people. You know what? If you offer your best everywhere He sends you, you'll have more than enough to be what you're supposed to be in that place. But you've got to offer your best first. And you've got to be willing to offer your best. You've got to be so willing that you do what Abraham did. Look at verse 20. Look at verse 3. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and left. I can tell you what Dave's doing. He's like, ah, hmm, no, mm-mm. Let me go ask six or seven people about this, and I'd be sure to find people who wouldn't agree. You don't want to talk to no spiritual people at this time. You need some fleshy people. Right? If you don't want to give your best, you find people who are fleshy, lazy, and don't want to hear from God. And you go get counsel from them. Right? Because you don't want that person to say, you know, that sounds like God. You're like, oh, you're crazy as he is. <laughs> Been listening to the devil. You've got to go find people who will agree with what you want. So now you have people to blame when you mess up. Right? Well, God, I know you said it, but the, I went and got that wise counsel from those three people who don't go to church. They, they quoted some verse that they thought they heard one time. Everything we are needs to be in Him. You know, people say, well, you know, I got a life. Do you? I thought it said I was crucified with Christ. Huh? You do have a life. It's hidden in Him. And He is your life. And, and the thing about it is, is everything we're giving to Him, we're getting so much more. Right? And, and if you're offering it with your whole heart, He's saying, oh, I like this. I like this. And, and, you're st- and you're not offering Him anything. And He's saying, I love this. Why? Because you're offering everything you are. And, and you're being like Abraham. You're, Abraham, there's no way he understood all this. Why go through all this? If he's going to be the, if he's going to be, and, and he didn't, Abraham didn't sacrifice him. He sowed him. He sowed him. You know, people say he didn't get sacrificed. No, he got sown. He got sown. He is the seed that brought the seed that we're celebrating this season. Amen. That he sowed that seed. Why? He offered. He said, oh God, you gave him to me. He, he, you gave him to me. Here, everything that I am is yours, God. And when you, when you look at things that way and, and you know the results and you believe in the goodness of God, there's nothing you'll withhold from Him because He's withheld nothing from you. And if you look later on in this chapter, that's exactly what God says. What is it, about verse 16? or um, Yeah, about verse 16. 
It says, and he, and he said, by myself, this is God, and God said, by myself I've sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and has not withheld. You know, people say, he didn't have to withhold him, you gave him back. No, he didn't give him back. God took his son right there. By, by faith, he took that. Amen? And, and because he became that seed. It, we'll read on, it proves it. It says, you didn't withhold your son, your only son. In other words, there wasn't somebody to take his place. It wasn't like Abraham could have said, uh, not Isaac. Mm-mm. I got six more of these. And see, we like to do that. We like to find six other reasons. Well, Lord, I won't give you this, but, you know, not Sunday, not Friday night. You know, high school football's on Friday night. I'll give you Wednesday night. We're bartering with God. Yeah. Right? I'll get what pray every morning. Oh, how about nighttime? I'm kind of a night person, God. I'm a night person. I'll give you my nights. (laughs) I'm not trying to put anybody in condemnation. I'm talking about me. You guys are, whoo, man, way up here, huh? I'll give you my nights. I don't want. I can't just give you my days. I'll give you my nights. And God's saying, I, I, I can't tell you what. I want all. I'll have all. <laughs> That's what Abraham gave him. And he said, he said because, because you withhold, he said, you wouldn't even withhold your son from me. In other words, the most important thing that I ever gave you, you would not withhold from me. In verse 17, he said, because of that, in blessing, I'm going to bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and your seed will possess the gates of his enemies. In other words, everything you just sowed to me has now allowed me to make all of this true all the rest of your life. Why? Because this was my offer to start with. And all you had to do was trust me. Verse Verse 18, And in your seed shall all the nations... He prophesied Jesus right there. In your seed, the seed you just sowed to me, he prophesied Jesus. And he said, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you obeyed my voice. Glory to God. And he didn't obey him like, "Mm, no, no God, no God. I know that's what the movies portray. It's what the cartoons look like. but But the verse speaks for itself. It says, God said, and Abraham did. It's real simple. And, and that's the difference in us. When God says, do we do? And not only do we do, how do we do it? Amen? Do we do it with all our heart? Do we give Him everything we are? Do we offer everything that we are? You know, in marriages, as, as fathers, as as uh, mothers, as parents, as friends, are you offering everything you are to that relationship? It's a godly relationship. Marriage, most godly relationship you can come with, right? It's godly. It's a picture of Christ to the church. You know, and you got people that spend more time on their wedding than they do their marriage. Been watching the Diva Bride Show, whatever that is. Ramsey, Ramsey likes that show. What's that called? I don't remember. You don't want to watch it, needless to say. 
But, I mean, seriously, though, if you watch that, you wouldn't even know that they're getting married. You'd just know they're having a wedding. Don't get me wrong. Wedding, nice. is a good thing. Have a nice wedding. Have as nice a wedding as you want. Focus on your marriage. Because the wedding is going to go away. The honeymoon is going to be over. And like I said earlier, somebody like me may not wake up spiritual every day. And don't get me wrong, I'm not mean in the morning. I just don't talk until I shower. It's real easy. My, it's like the shower loosens my lips and then I can talk. There's an anointing in the shower, I think. <laughs> if God asks us to do something, then is it something we can do? And more so, is it something you're willing to do? Look at Mark 10. Story of the rich young ruler. And you know, so many times we, we read the story of the rich young ruler. It's not a story. It's a, it's a historical fact. And, and we, but we say, oh, the story of the rich young ruler. Again, we have to renew our minds every second because we want to realize this happened. Jesus spoke to this man. Gave him direction. You know, and everybody says, oh, if Jesus gave me direction, I'd do it. Would you? Would you? <laughs> Mark 10, verse 17. Mark 10, 17. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeling to him and asking him, Good master, good master, here I am, good master. What can I do to inherit eternal life? Man, he already thinks he's got this or he wouldn't ask. Nobody asks questions that they don't want to hear the answer to unless they think they've already done it. Right? Like if I go to Mrs. Moore, I usually try to tell her what I did, not what, I, well, not what she wants me to do. I hope she's not watching. No. She, she knows me pretty well. <clears throat> well, what I do is I want to have it done. Right? I want to have achieved what I did before I asked so that when I get the answer, I can say what he did, right? And he says, what may I do? What, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, why callest me good? There are none good but one, and that is God. People say, I wonder why that's in there. Because it's important because he had to know something about Jesus or he wouldn't have been asking. And he definitely wouldn't have called him good. So you also know that he knew something about the Scriptures. Right? He knew something about the Scriptures. And he said, you know the commandments. Jesus knew he knew the commandments. Why? Because he called him good. He said, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Don't kill. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Don't defraud, defraud not. Honor your father and mother. Glory to God. You know those. In other words, Jesus knew he knew those. No brainer. What's he say? Master, all these I've observed from my youth. He should have ran right then. He should have said, and so many of us would have, would have said, thank goodness. Okay, see you. Just wanted to make sure. No, don't need any other information. That's all I was looking for. That was the only question I asked. You answered it. Thank you. Don't need it. No. Zip. He should have left. 
But he didn't. He didn't. And Jesus gave him one more thing. Why? Because the offering he had already brought wasn't everything. It wasn't his whole heart. There was something else in his heart. And, and Jesus needs all of you. He, he doesn't just want you to follow the commandments. He wants your heart. Amen? Amen? This, this is important because Jesus is saying, you know, I, I, know, I know you did that, but, but there's something you're not giving me. There's something that's greater that you're, not, that you're holding back. And Jesus, behold, him, loving him, well, he loved him. In other words, he's giving him power to do what he's getting ready to ask him to do. When somebody begins to love somebody, he, he wasn't just telling him to correct him. He was telling him because he loved him. In other words, I'm going to not only tell you, but as I tell you, you'll have the ability to do it. He loved him and he said unto him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell everything, whatsoever you have, and give to the poor. And a lot of people say it said give, he should give everything he had to the poor. No, it said give to the poor. Amen. You, you would have to add something to that verse to say that it said give everything to the poor. Wow. Right? Yeah. Am I wrong? No. And I think you could read it in every book except John. And it says the same thing. Wow. And needless to say, he was to give to the poor. Yeah. Right? He was to liquidate, yeah. give to the poor, <clears throat> and thou shalt have treasures in heaven. And, and what did he do? He, he even told him what he would receive for his offering. You give me everything you are, and you'll have all the treasures of heaven. Give me every part of you. Don't hold anything back. Give me the part that says no. That's the part that he that's the part he's got to have. The part that says no is the part he's got to have. People say, "Man, I can't believe that rich young ruler did that." Let me rephrase that. The part that you say no at, the place where I say no, that's where it stops. That's, that's the part that I won't let God have. Amen? Yeah. And every person in this universe is going to have an opportunity to tell God no if they ever serve Him. They're going to have an opportunity to quit. Right? Yeah. I mean, you've even heard Brother Moore talk about asking for a transfer. Mm-hmm. Right? You reckon Paul asks for a transfer every now and then? I mean, what are we doing today, God? Well, you're going to get beat up and you're going to get put in jail. How about a transfer? Nope. Okay, not my will, but your will be done. Paul had the heart of God. What? He gave everything he was. That's why God loved Paul. Paul put everything he was. You couldn't hold Paul back. Everything he was, he put into it. It didn't matter what he was walking into. His God would take care of him no matter what happened. He trusted God with all his heart. And because he did, the Gospels are here today. Or not the Gospel, but the the books of the Bible. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. And he said to to this young man, he said, said, go sell everything you have. Why? Because it's what's holding you back from me. And I want you. I don't care about your money. I don't care about what you've done. 
I care about you. And that's what God wants. He wants our lives. He wants us to become His so that He can take us and do the great things that He always planned in the path that He said we could walk. Amen? And He said, I need you on the good path. I need you... That I need you to get, to go on on the plan that I've got for you. I need you to have your steps to be ordered by me. In other words, you've been ordering your steps by your money. I want you to order your steps by me. Young people say, "Yeah, you can't have that money." No, you can have a lot of money. He didn't have a lot of money. Money had a lot of him. Amen. It had enough of him to keep him from God. What do we have that will keep us from God? You know, the one thing that we should look at anytime we see something like this, the question we should ask is, Lord, what one thing do I lack? What one thing do I lack? What's keeping me from giving you everything that I am? Is it my job? Is, is it my kids? It, it, what is it? is it? Is it my money? Is it my TV? Guys, it's unlimited what it could be because it's you. Right. And, and we have to find that out. We have to seek that answer. We won't, we won't just find it by looking at somebody else's problems. Yeah. Right? And we've got to be willing to say, okay, God, he lacked one thing. There's a reason you put that in there. It wasn't to make him look bad. Right? You don't think, you don't think that God put this in the Bible to make that rich young ruler look bad, right? He put it in there because everybody lacks one thing. And once you give up that one thing, you're going to have something else to give up. Right? God wants us all. He wants our heart and soul into everything that we do for Him and through Him. In other words, if I go and I go to minister to somebody and and I go half-hearted, am I going to give them everything that God would like them to have? No, because I'm an unworthy vessel at that point. Why? Because I'm unwilling to be fully used by Him. Because, you know, okay, I'll go. Limited amount of time here. They get about five minutes on this hospital visit. Well, how would you guys feel if I came in the hospital and said, all right, you're on the clock. How's it going? I'll believe with you. Yeah, we'll get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's pray. Come on, i got to (laughs) go. You know, and people don't say that, but it's what they mean so many times. Why? They're too busy for the things of God. Right? And, and you've got to be tenderhearted and love one another to make that happen. Hospital visits, they need tenderhearted, love one another people. Prayer people need to be tenderhearted, love one another. You, you get these people and they say, well, I'm showing them some hard love. I'm like, where's hard love in the Bible? need to see some of that. And he said, well, if people went away, then bad things happened to them. That wasn't God. God's got the prodigal son kind of, the prodigal son father kind of love. He's looking for you to come back. I know they left, but I, I think they'll be back today. I don't see them yet. Today they're going to be back. Why? He's got the, he is the love that he speaks about in 1 Corinthians 13. He is that. So he's not keeping track of your wrongs. He's not looking to punish you. He's not. He, he's patient and kind. How long are you going to take to get back here? I'm waiting. Not only am I waiting, I'm expecting. And I love you. And I won't give up on you. I'll believe in you. I'll trust you. I'll always hope. 
I thank God for a mom that did that for me. And I think we should do that for one another. Amen? She, she never quit on me. She would, and she never railed on me. She never told me what a low life I was and how many wrong things I... She never even talked about all the wrong things I was doing. Never. She just loved me. She'd give me a verse every now and then. Said, did you see this verse today, son? I'm like, Mom, you know I didn't see a verse. You've got to look in the Bible to see a verse, Mom. I wasn't looking in the Bible all year. I went so low, I didn't even go to church on, Sun- on Easter Sunday. <laughs> and thank God, she did not condemn me. She didn't run around telling all her prayer partners, oh, pray for David, pray for David. Oh, oh my gosh, he's on the wrong path. No, you'd have never known anything was wrong with her. You'd have never known anything it was any deal. Why? She was in faith that I was coming back. She was every day. I'm expecting him to come talk about Jesus with me today. I'm expecting him. He's going to serve God every day of his life. Never quit on me. That's what love does. She gave everything she was to the ministry of keeping her kids serving God. Amen? And that's a good good ministry. You know, she, she actually gave everything she was to a lot of other things that we didn't even know about until after she went on home. But that's what God does. He uses us to the level we give to him. And she gave him all that she was, or, except for me being here on Celebration Sunday. <laughs> there is a time you have to separate mom from spiritual counsel, and sometimes she'd give me a mom answer. Mom's answer was, no, you're supposed to be at dinner on Easter Sunday. I think I'm supposed to be serving in the ministry. And she mm, I don't know. You better pray about that. I'm like, okay, Mom, thanks. Love you. <laughs> That was her mom answer. Hey, mom got flesh too. Right? What are we going to offer God? Are we going to give Him that one thing that we lack? He said, he, said, he said to him, one thing you lack, go sell whatsoever you have, give to the poor, and you'll have treasures in heaven. Come, take up your cross. What, what, do you, what was he saying? Come and give me everything you are. Give me everything. It's the same thing he said to us. If you're going to follow me, you'll have to take up your cross daily and follow me. And that's what he said to him. He said, I want you to take up your cross and follow me. And next verse. And he was sad at this thing. Why was he sad? Because he had great possession. He would have had greater possession had he left. But see, he was blinded by what he really loved. And see, when, when we refuse to give God everything, we're blinded by something else. Something is holding us back from offering him everything we are. And, and we'll, we'll come up with great excuses. You know, in his mind, he's going, oh, man, that, he doesn't know how much money that is. He has no idea what he's asking. He's God. I think he does. I think he knows every time he asks somebody something, I think he knows exactly what he's asking them to do. And, you know, every time he's, he's taken me a little deeper into the ministry, a little deeper into marriage, a little deeper into being a father. He's given me the ability, but I still had to give him the yes. You have to give a yes to the ability. Without the yes, the ability will never happen. And I thank God that maybe too slowly many times, first I guess I thank thank God that he's merciful, (laughs) right? How many are thankful that God's merciful? And second, I thank God 
that he did enable me to see the value in giving myself in each and every one of those situations and some that I'll have to give later. And I believe God every day that every time he says, one, one more thing you lack, I'm going to say, okay, Lord, it's yours. It's yours. I remember when Ramsey started going out on her own. And I was like, I don't know what she's doing, Lord. I need a phone where I can see her all the time. I got to be able to track her. I got to know where she's at. I got, I got, Lord, I got to know all this stuff. And God said, You don't trust me. And I said, What do you mean? He said, I put in you everything you needed to put in her to be able to handle this part of her life. I didn't say she won't make a mistake, but I'll be there, and I'll take care of her. I promised you that what I joined together, I would not let man separate. And I said, okay, Lord. And then I had to do it about 20 times a night. But... <laughs> right? Yep. But there's going to come a time, parents, where you're going to have to trust God. There's going to come a time as individuals, as husbands, as wife, where you're going to have to say, I don't see it. I don't see it, Lord, but I know you're good. I don't see how I can do this. I don't want to do it. I don't feel like doing it, but I know you're good. And I'm offering you everything that I am because I trust you more than I trust what I'm hearing and feeling. I trust you. And you know, isn't that what it says in Proverbs 3? It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. See, he doesn't want half your heart. You can't trust in the Lord with half your heart. Not possible. And and we're trying it a lot of times. Well, I I trust him. Yeah, well, no, but I can do that. (laughs) I trust him. Well, yeah, but he don't want to get involved in that. I trust him. Well, I can do that myself. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? God tells you to do something if you trust him and if you believe that the very Lord of this, uh, of this, of you, the very Lord came and he's sitting there in front of you and he's saying, Dave, I want you to forsake that and I want you to go here. And then I have to say, Lord, I can't forsake that. Or I'm going to have to say, yes, sir. And it may take me a while to say, yes, sir. You know, there may be a lot of you guys that did the same thing I did, and you kept dabbling in the other stuff. You know, there's a time to surrender everything. Mm-hmm. There's a time to just surrender and say, Lord, you're it. You're it. And, and you know what? If I disappointed everyone else in the world by following you, I'd be okay with that. But I'd never be okay to make everyone else in the world happy to disappoint you. Amen? Amen. What one thing would we lack? What one thing could we give up and get everything that He is? Glory to God. He's helping us tonight. Stand to your feet. I got a lot more verses, but I don't know where I'd stop if I kept going. Our offering to the Lord, what we offer Him is everything to Him. How we offer it. Whatever we're holding back. If we're holding it back, we're not offering it to Him, right? I can't say, do you want this? Do you want this? You want this candy bar? And hold it back here. You want this candy bar? You want this candy bar? If I'm holding it back, I'm really not offering it. Right? It's like if I ask Kim if she wants the last cupcake, I'm just doing it as a courtesy because I really want it. So probably what I'd say is, you don't want this last cupcake, do you? 
And I think sometimes isn't that what we do with God? God, you don't want me to do that. I'm going to do this, God. In other, rather than ask Him, it's way easier just to say, God, I'm going to do this, and it sounds good, right? I'm going to go help with this over at the church. Yeah, but I wanted you to go over to the missions today. No, I, I'm going to, I, I wanted you to go feed people today. I'm going to go help over at the church. Why? You don't, it's not what we want to do. It's what He wants us to do. We, we have to be willing to do what He asks at any given time without reservation. Anything you reserve, He doesn't have. And it's not hurting just you, it's hurting those around you. Why? Because you're never where you're supposed to be doing the thing you're supposed to be doing. Because the steps of a good man are ordered by God. And if we're not following orders, we're being rebellious, right? If somebody ordered you to do something and they were your superior and you didn't do it, would you be rebellious? So if you're not in His will, you're in your will. Jesus did it. He's, a, he's our hero. He, 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 with all his flesh, he said, Lord, if there's any way, any other way for this not to happen, take this cup away from me. If there's any other way. He's, he, he's sweating blood. I mean, he's getting ready to go through it. And he said, anything you can do to get me out of this, Lord, I don't want to do it. I mean, that's as literal as it is. I don't want to do it. And he said, but I'm not doing my will. I'm doing yours. So there's a place where your flesh can say, I can't do this. I won't do this. I'm not going to do this. Lord, I don't want to do this. But you can stop your flesh and you can say, but... Nevertheless, we're not doing my will today. We're doing yours. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. He's a good God. He's a good God. You got a song, Jess?